welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We're excited to talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey, what's up, friends and family? Welcome to your podcast, uh, Wake Before the Day. Today, we are looking at Hebrews chapter 9, and uh, it's been it's been rainy and cozy. I have to ask you that. I want to, you guys, I have to encourage you as a former Midwesterner, the sun's going to come out. It was the first day of spring yesterday. We're headed to warmer weather. You're doing great. I know that it's been rainy and it's going to be okay though. Clark, so question for you about the rain. What is your favorite thing about the rain? Not what's hard, not what's like annoying and wet. (laughs) Right now, Southern California, we've had a rainy winter. My What's favorite been your thing favorite about the thing? rain? Yep. I mean, can it be as simple as just like watching it? Like I like yeah. I like watching it fall, and I love watching it hit other water where there, there's like a yeah. ripple or a pitter patter. You see like the the splatter yeah. of it. You can see where it's at. Yeah. Or it's a puddle or a pool or a lake. You just see see it come down. I saw <laughs> on online the other day this guy was out fishing, and you could see a storm front rolling in. And it was like yeah. a, a really big lake. That was cool. And it looked like almost something out of a horror movie where all of a sudden like the water on the other side of the lake was getting dark, 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 dark. Right. And it was rapidly coming closer to him. Yeah. And it was <laughs> the rain falling. And you literally watched yep. the, the storm front transition in where there's a splashing of raindrops yeah. all the way up to him. And then it hit him. And it was it was really cool. Yeah. Just thinking like God's orchestrating like the, the rain and the sun and the weather yeah. to allow us to have food and life and so we can flourish yeah you know and that actually kind of comes back to like what we're going to talk about today but before we get there how about you what's your favorite part about the rain yeah i think i miss the seasons like i've talked about that living here for you know 12 going on to 12 years it's like man it's been eight months and it like whoa that flew by and the seasons just serve as such um strong reminders of what has been like, oh, wow, like yesterday we marked the first day of spring. And so to look back and think like, okay, we are headed to summer. We are. Mm -hmm. Anyway. And so I love that. I love the seasons. I also love really quickly. um, If you're going to be in the parenting class, we'll talk about this later on. But when you come against a shared enemy, it's like it bonds you together. And I'm telling you guys, folks in Southern California, the shared enemy is the rain. And so like, it doesn't matter if you're going to the grocery store, if you're picking up your kids where, you know, it, it reminds me of just like the small town, like, can you believe this rain out here? I'm oh, like, I know. The weather conversation <laughs> is the most uniting thing in the history of this planet. So I love about it. the weather today. Huh? I know. Anyway, hey. it's, uh, I think it, it just binds people together. You know, you're running in and all of a sudden I'm, I'm huddled under this little, you know, overhang of a building with 10 other people. <laughs> last week and at I church it was laugh. hilarious because we weren't really expecting rain and oh me neither so rain starts falling and everyone turns the corner and they just stop dead in their tracks after a service ground, almost like they yeah. saw a ghost like uh <laughs> like what are we supposed My to do now parked way over there. the bottleneck yeah. in the, I love the it. door is, is funny but anyways um we're going to talk about life hebrews, yep. flourishing in hebrews chapter nine and the first uh really 10 verses or so deal with the tabernacle mm-hmm. and the tabernacle was essentially a big tent that God's people created in the old Testament led by Moses. Mm-hmm. And what's so interesting about the tabernacle is it was movable. So if you remember when God's people left Egypt, God led them, protected them and right. guided them 
um, by night as a pillar of fire and by day as like a cloud of smoke, essentially. And whenever he would move, God's people would pick up the tabernacle, right. the tent, all their, their belongings In and follow. Way. They would yeah. just follow. And then when he would stop and rest, his presence would dwell in the tabernacle. They would do the same. Right. And so what's happening here is they're given, a, um, the author of Hebrews is given us a description of the first covenant, the regulations, how the tabernacle was set up, where the lampstand mm-hmm. was, all these things. It was the most holy place. Again, there was like the Holy of Holies at the center that only the high priest or only the leader like Moses could enter into. And what is going to happen here in this chapter is the Bible is going to teach us that these Old Testament sacrifices and laws didn't promote life and they needed to be repeated, 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 Mm -hmm. repeated. But underneath that, I want you to see the heart of God and his desire to be with his people. Right. He met them in a way that they could understand. Like imagine if God dropped yep. down on an iPad tablet and he had FaceTime them at the time. They would be like, what is this device? Where did this come from? Is this some form of rock? Burn what it. is it? Burn it. It's idolatry. <laughs> Pharaoh sent it. Blow it up. Yeah. Where he came to them through smoke and fire. He spoke right. to Moses through nature. Often, like as he was up in the mountains in the cloud, the Ten Commandments were on a rock, these kind of things. Totally. And then you transition, like verse 9, it says it very clearly. Mm -hmm. This is an illustration for the present time indicating that the gifts and the sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshiper. Mm -hmm. And what you're going to find out here is that because of what Christ has done, his bloodshed and the work of the Spirit, now Mm -hmm. when we truly repent... We can have our consciences cleaned. So I guess one of my questions practically okay. on the rubber to meet the road is why don't we experience that? Mm-hmm. And on the flip side is how beautiful is the freedom when we do experience that? I, go ahead. You you answer. Back on you. Well, I, I think when, it, when it comes to forgiveness, we might know in our head that God forgives us, but sometimes it's hard to experience that reality in our heart. Sure. Oftentimes, because we're hung up on shame and guilt, yep. regret, and I, I think that we have domesticated the grace of God and Great His word. love and forgiveness, where yep. we've like boxed it up, we've tried to make sense of it, and we don't understand how big and radical it is. Yep. And on the flip side, I don't know if we have, we might know that God's forgiven us, but it's possible we haven't forgiven ourselves. Yep. Is it? So when we go back to these memories where we're just hung up on, oh man, I shouldn't have done that. Mm. I wish this would have been handled differently. And there's that guilt, that shame, regret on repeat. It's like the hamster wheel. We need to spend more time with our eyes focused on God yep. and not so much those situations. And picturing Christ in those situations, actually, that's actually a form of therapy. And just going back to the death and resurrection of Jesus, which is what the rest of this chapter is about. And reminding ourselves, like, God paid the ultimate price. Like, we didn't have to Once go and for stand in yep. time out for five years. We didn't have to go to court to pay some amends to someone to be made right, right with God. He simply said, if you repent of your sins sincerely, you're forgiven. Now, you need to let it go because shame, regret, and guilt, you know, are almost like the devil's playground. Yeah. Get off that swing. I think that's why I appreciate so much of the New Testament writers when they talk about the mind and renewing your mind and being transformed and just really practical, tangible things, because that's the thing. 
at this time, the present time for the Israelites, one of the reasons why I think that it would have been so helpful for them is because they are, they are tangibly doing these things with their bodies, with the things around them, with these animals, with these gifts and sacrifices. So there's actually something like within their body that they're doing. Right now, so much of what we do is in our mind, or it's something that's maybe not an actual act. Like it's like, okay, we're, it's a mantra we're speaking or something like that. And I think that's where some of the difficulty for today to understand really all of what Hebrews 9 is talking about, like at the end of the chapter, how, you know, so Christ sacrificed once and for all the sins of many people. So I come back to like Paul's writing. And when he says like, it's, it's in the mind, like Mm -hmm. believing that the blood of Christ and the work that's been done is really done and sitting with that. And I think that's something too, as just journeying on VP3 and being in the church for any amount of time. Um, when you come across other believers who are older than you or have walked this walk or are just continuing in old age, they, that's, I think, the gift of Christianity also is that it's not like, hey, I'm completely sanctified. I'm arrived. I'm ready for heaven. Yeah. Let's go. Or it's like, no, you know, I'm carrying less baggage because the Lord keeps inviting me to unzip it and expose it and get it out so that I can deal with it with him. But it's a slow plodding journey. Yep. Yep. And so I think that I come back to that, how that it's the, it really is like that battle of the mind really is actually a battlefield and it's for over a lifetime. So there's grace there. You know, there's like the initial, like, I accept and believe, and now I'm walking as a disciple. And you have to know that the mind is not just the the playground of the evil one. It was created by God and created as a gift, and your mind is so powerful. Yeah. And when the Holy Spirit resides within the Christian, the Lord can use the mind to walk in kingdom of God realities every day in the mundane moments. 100%. If, you ba- if you backtrack to yesterday's reading in uh, Hebrews chapter 8, this is what it says in verses like essentially yeah. 9 through 10. He says, hey, I'm, I'm going to not do the, the old covenant anymore mm-hmm. like I did when I took them out of Egypt. He, he said, instead, I'm going to put my laws in their minds and yep. write them on their hearts. Right. I will be their God and they will be my people. So already there's passages in the Old Testament, whether it's Jeremiah or Ezekiel or Isaiah or even here, where God's prophesying of a day where he's going to send his Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to renew your mind, give you the mind of Christ, mm-hmm. give you a soft and tender heart, and to um, equip you with the weapons of the of the kingdom of God, so that you can renew your mind. But you have to participate and join God in His yeah. in His work. We're saying, okay, I'm going to drop my baggage. I'm going to repent. I'm going to turn. My eyes are going to be focused on God. I'm going to gaze at God, glance at my problems. I'm going to gaze at God and learn from my mistakes. I'm going to gaze on God, learn from the past, but I'm not going to dwell it. I'm going to gaze on the Lord. Yeah, and that's what we're invited into: true repentance. You are truly forgiven. And when you get to live in this forgiveness, it is incredible. Right. Like when Game you changer. realize like, oh, that I'm really forgiven. And and hopefully when it comes to human to human relationships, you can seek reconciliation, although that's not always guaranteed. You can experience this freedom, the thing that you most regret in your life. God says, give that to me. Yeah, I'll take it. You can be forgiven of it. And I think of this picture. It said that in church history, when Martin Luther was working through the Reformation and trying to establish like the the real true church, uh, kind of getting away from some of the heresy and mm-hmm. false teaching at the time, that Satan himself approached Martin Luther and came to talk to him. And when 
Lucifer entered Luther's room, Luther would just scream out, I'm baptized by Christ. I'm baptized by Christ. Mm-hmm. I'm baptized by Christ. And so you and I can do the same thing. Right. I, I don't know if Satan's ever going to enter our room. He's one being, can only be at one place at one time. Unlike God, God can be everywhere at all mm-hmm. times. Um, but if that ever happens where we do come up against a demonic, you and I can scream out with joy. I'm, I'm baptized and I'm washed clean by the blood of Christ. And that's yeah. what the next section gets to. 11 through 28 is all about the blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, and I use oftentimes is praying for myself in repentance when we're doing deliverance ministry with those who are demonized. Verse 14, how much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. Yeah. God's saying, I'm offering you freedom. I'm offering you true forgiveness and, and true uh, life in me so that you can make your life a living sacrifice, like Romans says. Yeah. That we might serve God. This is what he's getting at. But it comes back to the blood. And one of your favorite Bible verses, Bobby, kind of talks about this. It's kind of odd, but it is one of my favorites. It's back in Leviticus chapter 17. It sounds like this. For the life of a creature is in the blood. And I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. So that's Leviticus seventeen eleven. Why? So I love it because it again talks about how Yahweh is literally providing everything that you need. Like at that present time, he was providing it. And now at this present time, he has provided it. And what really stands out to me is, is the beginning for the life of, a, of, of the body of a creature is in the blood. I think just growing up on a farm, um, and understanding the mess of what it means, but also the honor that it is to take care of something, um, all of it, you know, the the waste, the food, the all of it. And then to see it go to a place, and, and maybe you don't want to, you guys don't want to hear this, but to see it go to a place where um, it actually came back to us and fed our family. So meaning like we literally would rate, my family didn't do like, you know, the big co-op farms but we did we had some pets and one of i remember jigs was its name and your cow yep and my sisters and i raised it and then jigs jigs went away and i didn't really understand what was going on but jigs came back to us and was in our deep freeze and you guys i know that's gruesome in the story but that is what is going on yeah like that gave my family life that animal and the honor that it is. And so now as I read Hebrews, there's just a different kind of understanding when you understand the honor that it is. And like Clark said in verse 14, how, so really right before that, what, what um, the writer of Hebrews is helping you understand is that the blood of gold goats and bulls and ashes, all this stuff, um, that was doing part of it. And then that was, that was sufficient for the time, but now Jesus has come. So really the language isn't, um, you know, I, I can do this. Jesus can do this if I give it to him. It's like, it's already done in Jesus. Like if we surrender, when we surrender, when we respond to the Holy Spirit invitation, it's done. It's not a process. Like we are covered by the blood of Jesus. There's these old, beautiful hymns that we used to sing. Um, and I'm going to think of the lyrics right now. Now wash me and I will be whiter than snow, whiter than snow, whiter than snow. That's when you're covered by the blood. You'll be whiter than snow. So interesting picture, but that's the truth about it is mm. like the writer of Hebrew talking about how you are unblemished. 
anyway, so I'm just blown away by Hebrews 9. And I know this language sometimes is hard to understand. And that's why I want to encourage you to lean in. Because in leaning in, you will have understanding. There's going to be questions. And that's great. Ask the questions. There's also going to be clarity. Where you're like, wow, I really understand what was going on in in Leviticus a little bit more now. And... Lord, thank you for opening my eyes to help me receive and understand the goodness that you poured out of yourself on the I mean, we're headed toward Easter right now, folks. Mm-hmm. This is like 2023 step in truth reality for right now. Amen. So I, I, it, I it, love it. But it all comes back to the blood of Christ. It's, it's once yeah. and for all. It's done. You don't have to repeat this. Jesus isn't going to repeat that. And just to give you a little heads up, that's what you're going to be reading tomorrow. Hebrews right. 10 continues the exact same, you know, train of thought. Verses 1, 5, 10, 11. Mm-hmm. Hebrews 10, verse 1, tomorrow you'll read, the law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, mm-hmm. not realities themselves. For this reason, it can never by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year make perfect those who draw near to worship. And then verse 5, when Christ came to the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. And then verse 10, and by that will, we have mm-hmm. been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. And so that's what you're going to get at tomorrow. But today, let's backtrack. Go back to verse 20 and 21 then. This is what the scripture says in today's reading. He said, this is the blood of the covenant, which God has commanded you to keep. In the same way, he sprinkled with the blood both the tabernacle and everything used in the ceremonies. Mm-hmm. In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed by blood. For without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness. And so Jesus Christ accomplished all of that. Christ's blood is applied to us when we repent of our sins and believe. And think that this has been God's plan forever. Mm -hmm. If you backtrack to like verses 16 and 17, it talks about this will and almost like a a trust and an estate. Well, you can't experience these things until somebody dies. Well, Jesus has died. And now his will, his trust, his estate is being laid out. And his will is that if you repent and believe, you are protected by the blood of Christ and you'll be forever saved. Yeah. It's awesome. And then verses 24 and 20 through 28 at the end of the chapter, it just helps us remember that Jesus is not going to be doing this on repeat. It's verse 25. Nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again and again. The way the high priest had to enter the most holy place every year with blood that Mm -hmm. is not his own. Otherwise, Christ would have to keep on doing this. But he appeared once and for all at the culmination of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Just as people were destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. He'll appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. And so again, back in Hebrews 6, the author's like, stop like, crucifying Christ over and over and over again in like, your head and your heart. This is a done deal. He really right. died. He really resurrected. He's given this to spirit. So now, when you truly repent, keep your eyes focused on Jesus, walk in that freedom that is ours in Christ, and experience this life. And now we offer everything that we've got to the glory of God. It's awesome. Amen. That's a good word, you guys. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Hebrews chapter 9, like Clark said, tomorrow, 10. And then Wednesday, we'll be back with you. Hebrews chapter 11. Friday. Oh, my goodness, you guys. I got you, girl. (laughs) Okay, go enjoy your day. We'll talk to you Friday. God bless you. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.